Hello, everybody. Good afternoon, and welcome to the Jewish Reaction, the OU's weekly radio show. My name is Ellie Hagler, the assistant director of Yachad, and I'd like to welcome you to our weekly show here on the Nachum Siegel Network. We've got a lot in store for you this week. It's going to be a blast. We'll have a good time. We'll have some laughs. We'll enjoy ourselves, and we'll look forward to a very enjoyable Shabbos. Uh, just this coming, a uh, couple of things I want to talk about this uh, hour, or this 45 minutes or so. Uh, we have some guests with us who are here going to talk about uh, one of Yachad's summer programs, Yad Biyad. We'll talk a little bit about Senior Yachad, one of our divisions of New York Yachad. Um, and we'll talk a little bit about Na'im. That's the uh, North American Inclusion Month, one of Yachad's flagship programs, uh, where we've dedicated, together with Congress back in 2010, uh, the month of February as North American Inclusion Month, a time where we try to just step everything up a little bit more, do a little bit more inclusive programming, try to get a little bit more um, out of every program that we do in terms of promoting inclusion for Jews with disabilities within the Jewish community. Uh, and lastly, I'd like to talk a little bit about Richard Bernstein. Uh, for those of you who are glued to your Nachum Siegel Network, you heard uh, Richard Bernstein earlier today during the lunch hour on That's Life with Miriam L. Wallach. Um, Richard Bernstein is an attorney, a disabilities attorney from Detroit, who's blind from birth, who has accomplished some incredible things in his life. So we'll talk a little bit about Richard Bernstein um, and a few other items as we move along. Uh, right now joining me in the booth is Rebecca Schrag, who's the program director of Senior Yachad and of Yad Biyad, one of our summer programs, and also Shira Wolf, who's a high school student at Mayanote who lives in Paramus, New Jersey, and who just spent a summer on Yad Biyad. So, welcome to the Jewish Reaction. Thank, Thank you, you for having us. Uh, so, I guess let's start with Rebecca. Just first, why don't you tell us a little bit about Yad Biyad and what the program is, what it consists of, who it's for, and what the main goals of the summer are. So, Yad Biyad is a summer program that takes individuals with and without disabilities to Israel in the teenage age range. Um, we travel Israel for about a month and start in America for about a week. And our goal is really to have a fun, social, growing summer where everyone on the trip is able to socialize and experience Israel in a with a, with a new lens and with fresh perspectives. Um, our hope is that everyone is able to make friends with, with each other on the bus as different or similar as they may be. Whether they come from the same school in California, um, they have a disability, they don't have a disability, they're a boy, they're a girl. Um, our real goal this summer is to have a meaningful trip to Israel um, with a new social perspective. So the, the Yad Biyad summer program is really an opportunity for high school students as well as Yacha members to spend the summer together touring in Israel and, and enjoying each other's company throughout the trip. Correct. So, well, now we have, a, let's hear from Shira. Shira, you decided to go on Yad Biyad this past summer. I did. Um, how did you enjoy the experience? Why did you choose Yad Biyad? I mean, there's so many options out there. Um, Why did you choose Yad Biyad? Um, well, first of all, the summer was amazing. I think that's how I describe it to everyone. That's the one word I use. It's amazing. Um, the reason I chose Yad Biyad, I think it's a different kind of experience that is just it's, it stays with you for the rest of your life. And I saw that from previous participants in Yad Biyad. And I saw the experience they came out with and how they stayed involved in Yachan and how that became part of their life forever. And that's what I wanted for myself. Would you say that of the other, other participants on Yad Biyad, that now those are your friends and those are some of your lifelong friends, whether they're from Mayanot and Paramus or whether they're from Chicago or L.A. or whether they're... A Yachad member or not a Yachad member? Definitely. I think I've made closer friends 
this past summer than I've made my whole life. I think some of the friends I've made, I'll be friends with for a long time and Yacha members and high schoolers alike. Um, I stay in touch with both. I call Yacha members. I call my friends. It's so you same. say yeah. in just in a five week program, which is not a very long time, you were able to build real long lasting friendships with anybody. Definitely. Yeah. Is that something that you think Yad Biyad helped facilitate, or I that think, you know that's your personality? Yeah. You could do it, but not everybody's able to. Um, I think, especially compared to other summer programs, where you're you are with people for five weeks in Israel, but after a month or two, you lose touch. You're you're like, oh yeah, like we went to camp together, but we're not really so close anymore. Whereas Yad Biyad, it never ends because Yacha never ends, and there are always Shabbatons, and there are always events, and there are always more summer programs and more opportunities. So, versus you having a reunion like two months after the summer, versus seeing everyone continuously throughout your years involved in Yachad, I think. That's Sounds awesome to me. Yeah. Rebecca, you wanted to add something? Um, I agree with Shira, and I'm very happy to hear her perspective on it. Um, but I agree with the fact also that it doesn't end at the end of the summer, um, being that Shira is right. We have constant email threads and Facebook groups and Shabbatons and reunions and events and Google Hangouts, um, and people are making meaningful, lifelong friendships. <coughs> But in addition to that, it's a leadership program. So people aren't only coming back to their schools, their home environments with new friendships. They're coming with a new perspective. And that's something they really take with them into the rest of their lives. They may approach people in their classes that did or didn't attend the program in a new lens. That, that person who asked you know, some very repetitive questions is a little bit less annoying. And that person they were really intimidated to approach, they're a little bit less intimidating. It's really a lifestyle that people are walking away with. Wow. I mean, that really, it really sounds like an incredible opportunity for either a Yachad member, for a high school student, for anybody who's looking for a different kind of summer experience, one where you can both just have an awesome time and grow as an individual. The Yad Biyad might be a really great option for that. Um, just one, one last question, I think, more specifically about the program, and I'll ask this to each of you separately. Um, what's the coolest part of the summer? What's like that one thing that you did where you're like, wow, that was awesome, or... That's something I'll never have the opportunity to do again. Not, not to put you on the spot, but I think I totally am going to put you on the spot. Um, so who wants to answer first? Um, I think the part where I was like, I mean, probably like the most fun day I would say I had was water sports in a lot. I think just it's such an experience a lot. It's like a beautiful place and just going like banana boating and tubing on like in a lot with all your close friends that you made this summer and you were able to go banana boating or water tubing with with both yacha members and non-yacha members and your high school friends and 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 advisors and counselors and anybody else yes including everyone that sounds kind of awesome it was very awesome and rebecca schrag (laughs) um well there were a really very there are many ways to answer this question because I think every day is very exciting. In Rebecca, its own I have no doubt about that, but the question <laughs> was, what's that one part where you're like, wow? Okay, so I think the typical answers are things like watching um, and experiencing going rappelling and ziplining with people who may use wheelchairs, Some, you know, things that we wouldn't necessarily expect to see and participate in or sleeping in Bedouin tents. Um, but for me, I think the most meaningful part of the summer... Um, 
was really the day after Yad Biad finished, the amount of emails and calls and texts I got from people who were truly able to articulate different positive experiences that they had. That we go around at the end of the summer and everyone talks about their highlight. And I think really no more than two people really shared the same highlight. Something's meaningful, you know, something that we take pride in is that each person can find a different aspect of the summer equally meaningful. Um, but for me, it's definitely getting that feedback and hearing from participants. I didn't realize how much I learned this summer. I didn't realize how cool this was. I Now I'm looking back at my pictures and I can't believe that actually happened. Um, hearing those sorts of statements for me um, is really the coolest part of the summer. So Rebecca, if you had to say, like, what's What's the best program Yachad runs? What are you going to pick? Well, Come on, say it loud. Say it proud. Go ahead. <laughs> Even though all of Yachad's programs are excellent, clearly Yad Biad. <laughs> um, I actually have one last question but uh, before, before I let you guys go. But just to, for those of you who are just joining us now, uh, this is the Jewish Reaction, the OU's weekly radio show. My name is Ellie Hagler. I'm the assistant director of Yachad, and you're listening to us here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I'm sitting here with Rebecca Schrag, who's the program director for Senior Yachad and for Yad Biyad, and with Shira Wolf, who's a high school student from Mayanot, who lives in Paramus, who spent this past summer uh, on Yad Biyad. I think the one last question that I have, again, for both of you is, for some high school students, you know, the Yad Biyad might be their first exposure to being on a program or being around people with disabilities for an extended period of time. Um, how do you make sure that all of their fears or concerns or worries or just lack of knowledge is taken care of before you just hop on a plane for five weeks? Great question. Well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Yad Biad is a leadership program and tends to get um, some really outstanding high school participants. Um, It's an entry-level program. Their role is not to be a counselor. We have the most fantastic staff of about 25 there to be full counselors for every single participant, whether you know they have disabilities or not. Um, the high schoolers are truly there just to make friends, and we provide training um, and work to provide support for them so they don't get those two things confused and know that, that this summer is really for them as well. We actually have an orientation um, that is a part of Yad Biad, but also not because it's not with the full group um, in upstate New York, where the high schoolers have an opportunity to experience stimulations of what it's like to have a disability, um, watch different documentaries, have question-answer sessions, um, general leadership activities, and really just get comfortable with each other socially, but also in... Um, in some of the things that they may see and experience this summer. Well, that's coming from the Yachad side, but on the high school side, do you feel that you were, by the time you were ready to get on that plane after, you know, three days of orientation, do you feel that you were prepared and ready to, let's hop on a plane for five weeks and head to Israel? So there's definitely, people are still nervous. People sure, are always going to be nervous. That's natural. Um, <clears throat> but I think, like, we did have sensitivity training, and we did have all that. And I think just being with the group as a whole, with people who are in the same boat as you, is the most comforting part about all of it, is that no one knows, like, what's going to happen next. And if something comes up, you're just surrounded by all these people who are there to help you and who are there for you. And I think that's how people just go into it. It's... We're all together in this, and that's the way you look at it. So I guess the last question for you, uh, Shira, is if you had to do it again, 
If a year ago you could talk to yourself today and you're applying for summer programs, would you go on Yadabiad? Definitely. Definitely. You heard it here? No doubt. I want to thank uh, my guest today. So uh, Rebecca Schrag is the director, the uh, program director for Senior Yachad and for Yad Biyad. And Shira Wolf is a high school student from Paramus, New Jersey. Is currently a junior in Mayanot. So, well, good luck now at the end of the semester. Thank you. And I want to thank you guys for joining us. So this is Ellie Hagler. This is the uh, Jewish Reaction, the OU's weekly radio show. Uh, I want to thank you all for listening here on the Nachum Siegel Network. we got a lot to get to. Um, just before they leave, I think Rebecca has one more piece of information she wants to share. All right. We, news just in, some very exciting announcement. As of yesterday, we now have a Hank Yachad student board, which wow. is something very exciting for us. At That's Senior the Hebrew Yachad. Academy of Nassau County Correct. in Uniondale, Long Island. Correct. <laughs> um, and this is something that we, you know, because Yachad is an inclusive organization for people with and without disabilities, we really work to try to create as many of these sorts of partnerships as possible. So I attended a meeting yesterday with about seven high school leaders with, who have all a students whole, in Hank, all students in Hank, representing three different classes um, and both genders and people who have had lots of experience with Yachad and people who've had no experience with Yachad. Some of them attended summer programs. Some of them have attended Shabbatons. Um, uh, there's somebody who's never even met somebody with a disability. They're all equally as why excited. Why is he there? Why, wh- why is he interested in going? Um, because this is a place where people can... It's, it's a learning experience for everyone, an opportunity for everyone. And it's equally a place where people who have experience and do not have experience belong. And some people may feel that going on a summer program or Shabbaton is, is really using their best strengths and others it may be you know PR and and more of the educational piece so just in short some things that we were trying to accomplish within Hank um, beyond just PR and spreading the word about inclusion um, amongst their peers we are planning a full week of program for Naim North American Inclusion Month in the month of February, which, which we're we'll going to speak about, about yeah. in a little bit. That'll be great. In, in yeah. a little bit. Um, and every morning we'll have a different speaker after davening, talk about a different aspect or a different population within the population of those with developmental disabilities, um, accumulating with an entire school-wide event um, where they will invite Yachad's Dayhab program to come partake in activities with them. Um, we also spoke about their school Shabbaton and ways to get their students more involved in planning different aspects of the Shabbaton um, and running a fundraiser to have a blowout Motzei Shabbos activity that they they can invite their entire community to um, and many ideas of the like to follow. Wow. That's wild. And that's only with one school, and that's all going on now. We've got programs going on with tons of schools, both in New York and around the country. Uh, If that's something you're interested in, if you're a student in a school, if you're the parent of a student in a school, and you want to reach out to us and see how we can get Yachad and your school to work together, feel free to reach out to Rebecca Schrag at Schrag R, that's S-C-H-R-A-G-R, at OU.org. And I want to thank uh, both Rebecca and Shira for joining me today, and enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, Thank guys. You. you got it. Thanks, Ellie. Sure. Uh, this is the Jewish Reaction, the OU's weekly radio show. My name is Ellie Hagler. I'm the assistant director of Yachad, and you're listening to us on this beautiful Thursday afternoon on the Nachum Siegel Network. Uh, we got lots to get to today, but I think for now, I think we're going to break away to hear from Rabbi Yaakov Glasser, who's the 
director of New Jersey NCSY and also the educational director for international NCSY. Uh, so let's go hear from Rabbi Glasser, and we'll be back with you with just a minute. Hi, and welcome back. My name is Rabbi Yaakov Glasser. I am the regional director of NCSY in New Jersey and the international director of education for NCSY. And we are here on the Nachum Siegel Network at the OU's Jewish Reaction. I am here today with a phenomenal individual, one of the real stellar leaders of the NCSY world, and someone who has devoted much of his time and much of his career uh, to really an extraordinary effort of reaching out to Jews who happen to find themselves in smaller Jewish communities. You know, so many of the programs that we feature across the world of Jewish media and across the world of of Jewish action, really, and Jewish reaction uh, involve, you know, the five towns, Los Angeles, Chicago, Teaneck, uh, all these different, Montreal, Toronto, uh, you know, large Jewish communities that are so developed and have an infrastructure and find themselves the beneficiary of so much institutional support across the spectrum of Jewish affiliation that sometimes we fail to take a step back and recognize that there are thousands and thousands of Jewish families who have built communities and established homes in smaller Jewish communities across the United States. And so today, in order to shed some light and give us some perspective on what life is like living in smaller Jewish communities, what the vitality that grips these Jewish communities really is all about, and what their future potentially could look like, is a phenomenal NCSY personality named Mark Fine. Please join me in welcoming, welcome Mark Fine. How are you? Uh, doing very well, right, Glasser. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Here on the OU's Jewish, Jewish Reaction on Nachum Siegel Network, uh, it is an honor to be hosting you here together. Uh, you, why don't you tell us a little bit about, for, so first of all, Mark Fine is the regional director of the upstate New York NCSY region. Uh, what communities does that encompass, Mark? So upstate New York NCSY encompasses uh, all the communities that I'm sure you have visited many times in the New York area, including Buffalo, Rochester, Albany, Binghamton, Syracuse, Schenectady, Catskills, Poughkeepsie, and Mount Kisco. Phenomenal. Phenomenal. And you've spent the bulk of your NCSY career involved in those communities? Uh, all eight years. Wow. So, Mark, tell us, you know, you're a talented guy. I know that you were a presidential fellow at Yeshiva University. Uh, you're highly intelligent. You're one of the superstars that came out of the Riverdale Jewish community, which is certainly a very substantial Jewish community. And I know that you are a, uh, a student and a congregant of Rabbi Jonathan Rosenblatt, certainly uh, a mentor and a hero to both of us. And uh, so tell us, how did you come to finding your calling working with these smaller Jewish communities as opposed to so many of your colleagues and friends who devote their time to larger, more established Jewish communities? The answer is uh, completely by accident. I signed up when I started Yeshiva University for Torah Tours, which is a program where they send Yeshiva University students across the country to help celebrate the, the holidays. And most people sign up expecting to be sent somewhere very exciting. We'll go to Miami, we'll go to Los Angeles. I signed up expecting the same. And I was sent to Schenectady, New York, which is the town right outside of Albany, where we helped make the minion for Chag with Rabbi Mursky. Uh, the average age of the congregation was probably in the 60 to 70 range. And there were two teens there, uh, Shira Sonnenberg and Rebecca, Rebecca Hertzberg. And I basically spent the holiday with the teens in the community. And it became apparent how desperate they were for 
a sense of a broader Jewish community, a sense that a Jewish community exists outside of their small area and a sense that they were a part of something larger. And they introduced me to NCSY in general. I like to say that in high school, I couldn't even spell NCSY. I came on a Shabbaton and I fell in love with it. That's incredible. You know, before we talk a little bit more about those communities and your work there, I just want to take a moment to step back, you know, based on what you just said. Yeshiva University runs just a unbelievable array of leadership training programs, opportunities, initiatives. And, you know, you always kind of wonder when you hear of students going on these programs to, and, and the intention of the programs is to broaden the scope of experience and exposure of the students to unique situations, to unique communities, to sort of get them out of their comfort zone. And you always wonder, like, how effective are these experiences at really translating into leadership development? And to what extent are they just, you know, wonderful out-of-the-box college experiences? And I, and I just, I'm so inspired by the notion that here, you know, YU sends hundreds and hundreds of students. I know in our synagogue we've had them as well. All over the country, uh, certainly spends a, a lot of money in order to get them there. Uh, and one of their main goals is that the students should have this type of experience and this immersion in a community, and that it should impact them, it should affect them, it should inspire them. And it really sounds like, in your case, that that experience translated into into a career of devoting yourselves of devoting yourself to these communities. Uh, absolutely, and in fact, there are many other YU programs across the across my time in the university that contributed to my growth as a professional and as an educator. Uh, as a result of going on that tour tours experience, I ended up involved in a couple of the CGF winter learning missions, which was my first exposure to the concept of service learning, which now is a, as you well know in New Jersey and CSY, a really incredible portion of the programming that we do, of not just talking about the learning and talking about chesed, but actively implementing it in communities in New Orleans and in Buffalo, which is a program that we work on together. And after that, I didn't know what I wanted to do for a career. And I was recruited to join the Presidential Fellowship, which was my introduction to Jewish communal work, where I worked for Yeshiva University for a year for President Richard Joel. And since then, I got continued my involvement in NCSY. And actually, as an educator, I'm involved in the international office developing uh, educational Yerche Kalas, along with Rabbi Glasser and Rabbi David Vyshevkin, to help train other educators, which I learned from the Experiential Jewish Education Program at Yeshiva University. That's incredible. So, so take us through it, Mark. So someone who, who grows up in Riverdale, who went to Yeshiva High School, who attends YU, who has such a, a wide gamut right. of Jewish experiences finds themselves now in one of these small Jewish communities in upstate New York. So, so take us in. What, what happens when you show up in these communities? What is life like for a teenager there? How does it compare to how you grew up? And how do you find yourself relating to them? So I think it's important to recognize from the, from the beginning that there are very different types of out-of-town communities. Uh, they are not monolithic. You have communities that struggle to make a minion on Shabbat. And at the same time, you have communities that have a very stable structure, have a community day school, perhaps even a Jewish high school that just happens to be uh, a bit smaller than a mainstream community. So for example, Rochester is a thriving community. Congregation Beth Shalom has dozens of, of families and hundreds of members and has a community day school. At the same time, some of the infrastructure that we might take for granted in a, in a New York community, such as a Jewish high school, such as the multiple Jewish restaurants, um, don't exist. And what I realized was a gap that we could fill and something that I learned a lot from 
was the next stage for teens of what their religion and personal development should look like. The young adults, the college students that, in my parlance, both watch Glee and learn Gemara or learn Shas and study Shakespeare, depending on how sophisticated you want to be, that sense of integration of I can be both be a part of the world and at the same time take my Judaism seriously, that next step wasn't always there because they always moved out and very few of them end up moving back in. So in these communities, being able to bring those uh, advisors to teach the teens and build relationships um, was something that I felt we could really contribute. That's, that's absolutely incredible. That's absolutely incredible. So w- what would you say? So the average teenager growing up in these communities that then, you know, let's say in, in Schenectady and Albany and in, in Rochester, Buffalo, the places where you're active, they become more interested in Yiddishkeit. They become more uh, connected. They're into learning. Um, you know, what is their experience like? You know, kosher restaurants, infrastructure, what's, what's available to them? Right. So their, their experience is definitely varied. Uh, the vast majority come from traditional homes. Uh, in general, the denominational lines in upstate New York and in Avtons community are much more fluid than they are uh, precisely because the communities aren't that large. So it's impossible to segregate and say, well, I'm only a part of the Orthodox community or I'm only a part of the conservative community. There's a lot more conversation and dialogue and participation between the various communities. And as a result of that, they have a much more traditional and egalitarian outlook on what it means to be Jewish. And the outlet of, well, here's how I can express myself, that unfortunately isn't there as much. The vast majority have community day schools, so they have a background. Many of them have supportive families who are aware of um, halacha and tradition. But the advanced learning, the sophisticated learning, the how do I grow into becoming um, a Jewish adult, that oftentimes is lacking. Wow. You know, Mark, you mentioned, and uh, for those of you joining us now, we're here on the Nachum Siegel Network, the OU's Jewish Reaction, with Mark Fine. Um, Mark, you mentioned that a lot of the kids don't move back. So what do you see as the future of these communities that you work with? Unfortunately, some of the communities will cease to exist. Um, I don't believe that will be true for the majority of them, but Schenectady already has declined precipitously since we started eight years ago. Um, We have many chapters that were larger in the beginning that now no longer exist. Uh, Kingston would be an excellent example of that for anyone who has ever heard of Kingston. Um, At the same time, if a base of families move to a community or live in the community, um, they will continue to exist. So, for example, Albany will always have a base because of the capital. There will always be jobs. You have the university. Therefore, there will always be a community in Albany. Rochester, as long as the industry and infrastructure are there and there are jobs there, there will always be a community in Rochester. And I think one of the responsibilities we have to those communities is to ensure that they receive the attention and resources so that they can become thriving communities and solid communities and stable communities and service all the teens and all the families that currently are off the radar screen. Phenomenal. Thank you, Mark. Thank you so much for your time today. And and thank you all for tuning in to the OU's Jewish Reaction here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Have a wonderful day. And welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Jewish Reaction, the OU's weekly radio show. My name is Ellie Hagler. I'm the assistant director of Yachad, and you're listening to us on this hopefully beautiful Thursday afternoon on the Nachum Siegel Network. 
I want to thank uh, Rabbi Yaakov Glasser, who just joined us for a little bit. Uh, Rabbi Yaakov Glasser is the director of New Jersey NCSY, and he was joined by Mark Fine, who is the regional director for upstate New York. Lots going on to talk about in both New York and New Jersey with NCSY, as always. Um, and now to talk a little bit about a couple of programs going on at Yachad. Um, Yachad, as you all know, is the National Jewish Council for Disabilities, and what we do is we promote inclusion for Jews with disabilities throughout the Jewish community. And one program that we're very excited about, very proud of, is coming up in the month of February, uh, which is North American Inclusion Month. Uh, Back in 2010, February was actually officially declared Na'im, led by the Orthodox Union and Yachad and the OU's IPA office in Washington, Uh, We actually had Congress pass a resolution naming February North American Inclusion Month. You know, the same way there's like National Spaghetti Day, we've got National Inclusion Month. So it's really a very exciting time where what we try to do is as many programs and social recreational activities for Yacha members that are inclusive that we can put together, we will do. And that will be in New York and New Jersey, as well as L.A., California. Well, L.A. is in California, as well as Houston and Chicago and Omaha and Israel and Florida and Toronto and anywhere else we can do. Um, the whole idea is just to continue to promote inclusion within the Jewish community and to try to what we call not immunize or give a little twist or make a little change uh, to all the programs that are both already ongoing and special new programs specific for Naim to promote a little bit more inclusion. We can always do a little bit more, and that's something that's exciting. Uh, And one program that we're doing this year for the first time is we're working together with the OU's Department of Synagogue Services, uh, led by Judah Isaacs. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to find out from the OU synagogues, as well as synagogues within the Reform and Conservative community, um, is just to find out, are our synagogues inclusive? Are they welcoming of individuals with disabilities? And I don't mean welcoming in the sense of, you know, having people with disabilities in the building, because, of course, everybody's inclusive in that manner. But just trying to see is how, how can we make your experience, your synagogue, your members' experience a little bit more inclusive, a little bit more understanding of uh, Jews living with disabilities. Um, and we sent out a survey to more than 1,500 shuls And thank God, tons have responded so far, just letting us know about what is their inclusivity level in terms of do they have ramps for people with wheelchairs? Will they offer sign language interpretation for somebody who's hard of hearing? Do they allow Yachad members to get aliyahs or to open the Aron or to daven for the Amit or anything of the sort um, to really promote inclusion? And we sent out this survey, and together with the the, um, Orthodox Union's Department of Synagogue Services, Uh, We've been getting a lot of responses, and it's really very exciting. So to all of our listeners out there, I want you to encourage your shul, your synagogue, your community, whoever it is, to contact us, to call us, 212-613-8229. And you want to fill out the Naim Survey on Inclusion in Synagogues. And we'd be happy to send you the link. It's an online survey. It'll take a minute or two to fill out, but it can really go a long way. And what Yachad's going to do with this information is, well, twofold. One, we're going to determine which synagogues are actually inclusive, and we're going to make sure that everybody knows that. It's something to be very proud of, something to be very excited about, and you should really share that. And the second thing we're going to do with that is we're going to reach out to all these synagogues and communities and to see how can Yachad help you? How can we make your synagogue, your community, more inclusive and more welcoming uh, of Jews with disabilities? And that's really something that's just very exciting. I think just a, a little story about Naim. Um, two years ago, right before, or as I joined the OU, I joined the uh, Yachad in uh, October, and we had Naim in February. It was four or five months later. Um, I was working on Naim together with Dr. Joe Goldfarb, who now serves as a co 
assistant director of Yachad along with myself. Um, and we got an interesting request that came through our uh, Naim contact us link on the website. Um, oh, for those listening, our website for Naim. Again, Naim is North American Inclusion Month is naimforinclusion.org. That's Naim, the number four, inclusion. Org, or you can always go to yachad.org, where you can always find out all the information about what's going on at Yachad. But Dr. Goldfarb and I, were, uh, we received an interesting request. We received a request from a lady in, in uh, Cherry Hill, New Jersey, whose son's bar mitzvah was coming up. And she wanted us to work with her and to help her and her shul to make their shul more inclusive and to include children with disabilities who are in the community to include them in the bar mitzvah. And we were able to, we gave them a number of ideas. We worked with them in terms of what kind of speech can be given in shul. And we gave sources and we worked on the same thing with the bar mitzvah boy who spoke about it uh, at both the party and in shul about the inclusivity and about the importance of being inclusive within the community. Uh, A second request that we got, I, I believe, you know, it was two or three years ago. I don't remember if it was Alabama or Arkansas, but we got a similar request, um, from a Jewish family living, I believe it was Alabama, requesting that we help them also to continue to promote inclusion within their Jewish community. And it's just great to see that, you know, Yachad is just reaching out and helping families and services all over the country. And now in Israel, like we spoke about last week also with the starting of Yachad Israel, is just so exciting. And that's really a great program that I wanted to mention is, uh, again, Naim North American Inclusion Month, which is going to be this coming February for the month. If you have a program that you'd like to run in your school, in your shul, in community, whatever it is, and you just want help or you want to bounce ideas off of us to how can we include other Jews with disabilities in that program, we are happy to speak to you. Again, you can reach out to us at naim4inclusion.org. You can email us at naim, that's N-A-I-M, at O-U.org, or you can call us at 212 613 8229. You're listening to the Jewish Reaction here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Ellie Hagler. I'm the Assistant Director of Yachad. I'm excited to be with you for the next couple of minutes. Uh, one other topic that I wanted to mention, uh, we spoke last week about Team Yachad's running in the Miami Marathon and the Jerusalem Marathon. Uh, one thing that's very exciting for us that I'm really excited to talk about is uh, Richard Bernstein, who I spoke about a little bit earlier just briefly. Richard Bernstein is an attorney. He's originally from Detroit, Michigan. And Richard is blind from birth. And Richard has not allowed his disability to slow him down at all. I mean that both literally and figuratively. He's a practicing attorney. He's successfully built up a practice in Detroit. And he's also the most incredible person I've ever met. Richard Bernstein is a marathoner. He's a runner. He's, he's into that kind of thing. And blind from birth, he has successfully completed 17 marathons, including seven New York City marathons. He completed the Ironman Triathlon in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but if I am, great. If I didn't, I apologize to the people in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. Uh, and he also completed the Israman Triathlon in a lot in 2011. Uh, and Richard joined us last year in Miami. He ran the ING Miami Marathon with Team Yachad. Uh, and and Richard, Richard's running is fascinating. Being that Richard's blind, he obviously can't see where he's running. So what he does is he runs with guides. He has four people, one in front, one in back, one on the right, one on the left, running alongside of him. And they all have a band or a rope tied around their waist, which connects to his waist, so that he can feel if the road turns left, he can feel all of the runners turning left, and he knows to turn left. And same thing with right. 
And it's really just fascinating to see and mind-blowing to see in the excitement of all the, uh, the Team Yacha participants and the fans there of seeing Richard Bernstein with his guides crossing the finish line was just something that will stay with me for a really a long time. It was really just incredible to see. Um, and unfortunately, continuing on about Richard Bernstein, Richard ran into a little bit of bad luck, uh, which you might know, which you might have heard about. Um, a couple of months ago, he was running in Central Park, just going for a run and training in New York City. Uh, and unfortunately, he was hit by somebody on their bicycle. Um, and Richard, unfortunately, was in the hospital for a couple of months. Thank God he's doing great. He's amazing. I actually spoke with him yesterday. Um, and his excitement for life and for enjoyment and for being able to help others is just so, it's so inspirational. It's so incredible that we had the day Richard got out of the hospital after being there for six weeks, the day he got out, he came to a Yachad program to speak about his experience as both a runner, as an advocate, as somebody with a disability. And to see him there, he literally got into a car from the hospital and came to our event. He came to the Yachad's High School Leadership Shabbaton and to our National Coordinator Conference, which is two programs that we run over the same weekend uh, in Connecticut, where we bring together high school students from across the country to work on leadership training and to help them bring Yachad back to their community, wherever they're from around the country as well as our National Coordinators Conference, where we have all of our national coordinators from all the different Yacha chapters come in for a weekend together of training, leadership, team building, teamwork, sharing of ideas, what kind of program has worked in Detroit or Dallas, and how can we bring it somewhere else, and how can we continue to improve and include more people within Yacha programming. And Richard spoke, and every time he spoke over the weekend, you can hear a pin drop in the room. It's just so inspirational to see Richard standing there telling you that you can do it. If there's something you want to do, there's always a way to do it. Figure out how and get it done. Richard hasn't let his blindness slow him down. And something that is, you know, I'm really proud for Richard is that Richard was just um, inducted into the National Jewish Sports Hall of Fame and Museum. Um, I'm just so happy for him. It's really, hopefully, it'll help other people in similar situations. It's such an inspiration to see him and to hear from him. Um, And that's going to be happening in April 2013. So just uh, congratulations to him. And we look forward to Richard Bernstein joining us again in Florida this coming January as Team Yachad will run for the fourth consecutive year in the ING Miami Marathon and Half Marathon. Uh, For more information about that, you can visit us at teamyachad.com or you can call 212-613-8301. Uh, it's certainly an incredible weekend and certainly an incredible opportunity to get to raise money and give back to Yachad and help us to continue to promote inclusion within the Jewish community. Um, it, it's, I mean, I don't have any other way to describe Richard Bernstein. I believe if you were listening earlier, he was on the uh, That's Life show with Miriam L. Wallach today during lunchtime on the Nachum Siegel Network. And I know that Miriam probably had a blast with Richard. He's so great to be with him. Miriam is running with us, and I know that uh, you're listening now, Miriam, so I want to say you're doing a great job on the fundraising. Keep up the great work. I know that you're doing some training as well. Keep up the great work. And as much um, hardships that Nachum Siegel and I try to give you about the race, we're all very proud of you and very excited that you're running with Team Yachad and helping to raise money for the for, for Yachad and for the, the uh, families of Yachad. Um, and there's just, you know, Richard is just great. So if you have the opportunity to ever hear him speak, he travels all over the country and all over the world speaking about his experience, I would strongly encourage you. He is the friendliest guy. He is incredible. He's always 
willing to talk and to share and to, to, to just give over whatever it is that he can to help somebody else in any kind of situation that they're in. Um, this is the Jewish Reaction, the OU's weekly radio show. My name is Eli Hagler. I'm the assistant director of Yachad, and I want to thank you for joining us here on the Nachum Siegel Network. Um, like I did last week, what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to give my football picks of the week. Now, I was getting a little bit of flack from some of the listeners um, about last week's performance. I, I went 3-3. Three and three. I got three games correct. I got three games wrong. And um, I'm going to try to better myself a little bit right now. I know that this is something that's very exciting to everybody. But, you know, in the week 16 of the NFL, every game means something to someone. And here are my picks for the week. First off, I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings in Houston. Uh, the Vikings are an underdog by 7.5 points. But I think with Adrian Peterson... They're going to give him the ball a hundred times if they can. They want to make sure that he breaks Eric Dickerson's record of total rushing yards for a season. They want him to have a chance to do that. And also running the ball a lot means the clock is not going to stop a lot, which gives Houston less, less time on the offense, less time to pound the ball into the end zone. I don't know if they're going to win the game, but I think they'll certainly put up a good fight. My second game that I'm going to take is the New England Patriots in Jacksonville, in sunny Jacksonville, against the dreadful, awful Jaguars. Uh, 14.5 points spread is a lot of points, but Jacksonville is just so bad. Jacksonville's almost as bad as the New York Jets. My next pick, to lose to the San Diego Chargers in New York. I think I play in a flag football league on Sundays in Teaneck. It's called the Teaneck Flag Football League, run by my good friend Moshe Rosenberg, who is also running with Team Yachad this coming January in the ING Miami Marathon. And Moshe runs this league in Teaneck. I think there were 10 or 12 teams this year, and it's really a great chance to just, you know, get to work out and play ball. And we play flag football. And I really think that my team, who I think we went 10-2 and in the regular season and we lost in the Final Four, I think we can give the Jets a run for our money. The Jets are so bad. They've got some great guys in the offensive line and the defensive line, but just the fact that their quarterback is Mark Sanchez, and I'm sure he's a lovely fellow, but the guy can't throw the ball. Our quarterback, Josh Katz, who did not play football at US at USC, who's a current student at YU, is probably a better and more accurate quarterback than Mark Sanchez. No offense again, Mark. Uh, my next pick is staying in the division. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills to keep it close in Miami. Uh, moving along, the Cleveland defense has been stingy all year, and even going up against Peyton Manning in Denver, I think the Cleveland D holds tough and can certainly help cover that spread. And last but not least, I've got to take my New York football giants. Last week against Atlanta, you just got to brush it under the carpet. You got to forget that it happened. You got to move on, and let's pick up a big W now as we move forward. And those are my picks for the week. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings, the New England Patriots, the San Diego Chargers, the Buffalo Bills, the Cleveland Browns, and the New York Football Giants. You're listening to The Jewish Reaction here on the OU's weekly radio network here on the Nachum Siegel Network. My name is Ellie Hagler. I'm the assistant director of Yachad. And there are a couple of other programs going on that I want to speak about and some incredible opportunities for people to get involved. Um, one program is the Yachad Family Shabbaton, which is coming up in May. We've got a while till then, but it's going to fill up quick. Coming up the first weekend in May, May 3rd through the 5th. Um, it's the only program that we do all year that's really for the entire family and for the entire, um, not just the Yachamir, but also his parents, his siblings, his cousins, his aunts, his uncles, his grandparents. It's really an opportunity to get to meet other families, to see that there are other people with similar struggles who are trying to figure everything out. And Yachad just does what it can to help these families out. So that, that, the Yachad family Shabbaton last year, we had 880 people in attendance. This year we're going to sell out at well over 1,000 people, and it's really just a very exciting opportunity. If you want to find out more about the Yachad family Shabbaton, you can certainly call us at 212-613-8229. Again, that's 212-613-8229. 
8229. Uh, what I'd like to do for the rest of the show, probably we have about 10 minutes left or so, is I want to speak a little bit about Yachat summer programs. Yachat summer programs, we, the only summer program that we run are inclusive summer programs. These are programs that we run together with other summer camps. We have programs in Camp Morasha, in Camp Misora, Camp Lavi, Camp Moshava. And we also have a, a, we're a program in a day camp, which is Camp Mosheva by ear, which is Mosheva's day camp located at the first school in Paramus, New Jersey. And we run inclusive programs at these camps um, for children and young adults with disabilities. This way they're, a- be, they're able to be included in the camp. And if they're staff, they are staff. If they're campers, they're campers. And they're treated no different than any other camper because there's no reason for them to be. They can do everything too. And we have to give them the opportunity to do that and to enjoy their summer and to get to spend time in camp just like everyone else. Um, the camper programs are for children with developmental disabilities who are aged 8 to 21. There are programs that are fully inclusive where the individual is a camper in a bunk and has a shadow with them if needed. So what this means is that if the, the Yacha member, if, if they're able to sleep in the same bunk as the, other, as the other students, we'd love for them to do that. That's the best kind of inclusivity. And if we need to have a staff member or a shadow or another counselor in that bunk, then that's something that we're happy to arrange. And it's really an incredible opportunity for the other campers. Forget about the amazing opportunity for the Yacha member. It's a great experience and opportunity for the other campers who get to see and get to spend more time with the Yachar member and to become less sensitized to the fact that they may be a little bit different or they might have a disability, but it really gives them a chance to focus on everybody's abilities rather than their disabilities. So that's really what's great about the uh, Shadow program. And the other program that we have is a vocational program, which is for Yachar members who are slightly older, where we have Yachar members between the ages typically of 22 to 35 who are ready for vocational experience and to take the place in sleepaway camp settings working. Uh, typically, they work about six hours in doing different jobs in camps just like everybody else. The Yachar member in our vocational programs might be a waiter in the kitchen. They might work in the canteen. They might file papers or answer phone calls in the office. They might work in the infirmary. Whatever job they're doing... They're excited to do it, they're happy to do it, and they do it well, and that's really just something that's an incredible experience and opportunity for the Yachar member to get to work, to get to, to build skills, whether it's fine motor skills or even just answering phones and speaking to people, learning how to do that. And that's really a great opportunity for the Yachar member as well as the camps. And last, last but not least, the third kind of program that we have is a travel program. Uh, we have three of these, one of which is Yad Biyad, which we spoke about earlier, which is our a uh, trip for high school member, high school students and Yachar members to spend five weeks touring in Israel together. That's Yad Biyad. And the other two programs that we have that are travel programs or based programs on their own, first is Getaway. Getaway is the coolest program that we have to me, and I'll explain why in a minute. So we have Getaway, and then we have another program that's grouped together typically with Getaway, which we call Getaway Travel. So I'll explain a little bit about these. If you're interested in finding out any more information about Yachat Summer Programs, please reach out to us at 212-613-8369. Again, 212-613-8369. Or you can also reach out to us at yachadsummer at ou.org. Going back to, to Getaway and to Getaway Travel for a minute, um, Getaway is an incredible, one-of-a-kind, unique program that Yacha has been running for a number of years where we take Yacha members who might be a little bit older, might have slightly more severe challenges, and we get away. We take them to a home that we rent in upstate New York, and it's, it's, it's an incredible opportunity for these Yacha members, together with the staff members who go up with them, to be self-sustaining, to do anything and everything that they want within reason, and to do it together and to do it on their own. What I mean by that is... 
We rent the house with a kitchen, and that's it. It's not a camp. There's no chef there. If, you know, it's time for breakfast, that means two, two staff members and two yachad members or more, depending on how many are needed, are going to get up early and go to the kitchen and make breakfast for everyone. Same thing for lunch and dinner, and it's an incredible opportunity. When it's time to that we need more food, it, you know, we get in the car, go to the supermarket, both staff members and yachad members, and we go shopping for the group. And it's done in this beautiful house. It's called the Powell House. It's in upstate New York. I think it's in old Chatham, New York. And it's a, a, it's two. There are two houses. We have one for the males, one for the females, with a very large kitchen, a dining room area, and also a, a yard that also is connected to a lake. So we're able to go swimming and to play games outside, and also just to leave the grounds and go and do things in town, just that we want. I just think it's so fascinating. It's so unique. I remember last summer when I went up. I went up to visit for a day to spend the day, see how the program was going. I spent three hours from uh, 10 a.m. until 1 o'clock in the kitchen preparing lunch for 50 people. And I had the greatest time. I mean, if you know me, you know that I'm very, I, I like to cook. I enjoy being in the kitchen. It's a ton of fun. And this was really just exciting for me to cook lunch for 40 people uh, as part of this program. And the second program is uh, Getaway Travel, where basically many of the same participants who were on Getaway and even some new ones who were not on Getaway will spend a week touring in the Northeast. Last year, we spent a week traveling around the Buffalo uh, the Buffalo and the Niagara Falls area, and that was really just a great experience. It's similar, you know, you're camping out, you're living on a bus, you're going from place to place, sleeping in hotels, eating food wherever we can, you know, find it and make it happen on the road, and it's really just a great opportunity for these Yachar members uh, to get to get away and just relax and have a good time and just enjoy yourself for the summer. So that's really an incredible opportunity. Again, if you're interested in any Yachad summer programs, either for yourself, for your child, for a Yachad member that you know, if you're interested in being a counselor or an advisor on any of our programs, I would encourage you to reach out to Nechama Braun, who's the administrator of our summer programs, and you can reach Nechama at yachadsummer at ou.org, or you can call 212-613-8369. Again, that's yachadsummer at ou.org, 212-613-8369. Uh, lastly, another program that we have coming up, Yachad Birthright. Birthright, as you all know, is an incredible opportunity, amazing um, chance that it affords Jews from all over the world to get to go to Israel for your first time. I, I think I was in Israel a couple years ago, and I remember seeing signs of congratulating um, Birthright for having just sent their 200,000th 200, person to Israel. And these are free, all-expense-paid trips, organized trips to get to to allow as many Jews as possible from all walks of life to get to spend some time in Israel, to see Israel, to see the homeland, to tour the country, and to get to just experience Israel the way so many of us have been so lucky to have. And Yaakov has worked very hard for years together with Birthright to allow Yaakov members to have that same opportunity. Yaakov has had two Birthright trips for the past couple of years, and that's not stopping anytime soon. There are so many people both with disabilities and without disabilities, who are just eager to get the opportunity to spend some time in Israel that we just want to get as many people as we can, and we're going to try to do, the, you know, try to do that as best as we can. And it's just so awesome to get to, spend, to, to, get to send 24 Yachad members. These are young adults with disabilities. Whatever their disability is, we will try our best to make it work that they can spend 10 enjoyable days touring the country of Israel, uh, thankfully, we are, thankfully, I don't know where that came from, but luckily, and it's here and it's now, we have a trip leaving at the end of next week, 
uh, for Israel. And then we have a second birthright trip that's not going to leave until May. So if you're interested or you know somebody who has not been to Israel on an organized trip, again, it's got to be an organized trip, who might be interested in spending 10 days in Israel together with Yachad, through our programming, I encourage you to reach out to us, 212-613-8229. It's a great opportunity for anybody from anywhere. This year on our birthright trip, we have Yachad members and young adults with disabilities who are going to be coming from Chicago, New York, New Jersey. I think we have somebody coming from Arizona and Texas. Wherever you are, if you're Jewish, you want to go to Israel and you have a disability, I encourage you to reach out to us. Come to us. Come allow us the pleasure of bringing you to Israel and getting to enjoy yourself. Uh, reach out to us. You want to speak to Nicole Bodner. That's Bodner, B-O-D-N-E-R-N at O-U dot org. Or you can call us at 212-613-8229. My name is Ellie Hagler. You're listening to the Jewish Reaction, the OU's weekly radio show here on the Nachum Siegel Network. I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank all of my guests today. We met with uh, Rebecca Schrag, who's the program director for Yad Biyad and for Senior Yachad, as well as Shira Wolf, who's a high school participant who went on Yad Biyad this past summer. She's from Paramus, New Jersey, and she's a current junior at Mayanot High School in Teaneck. Uh, and I want to just uh, recap what we spoke about. We spoke about Naim, North American Inclusion Month, the opportunity to continue to promote inclusion within the Jewish community is something that we focus on more than we do in February, even though we focus on it all year round, as well as congratulate Richard Bernstein for being inducted into the National Jewish Sports Hall of Fame. And I look forward to seeing Richard in just a couple of weeks when he joins us with Team Yachad running the Miami Marathon at the end of January. For more information on that, you can visit us at teamyachad.com. And last but not least, I want to mention again, Yachad summer programs, the incredible opportunities to get to spend the summer working and learning together with Yachad in programs in mainstream camps with Camp Misora, Morasha, Nesher, Lavi, Moshava, and Moshava Ba'ir. Looking for jobs and opportunities, please feel free to reach out to us. That's yachadsummer at ou.org, yachadsummer at ou.org, or you can call 212-613-8369. Last but not least, I want to encourage you to like us and friend us on Facebook. We are listed as Yachad and just search for us and friend us. My name is Ellie Hagler. You've been listening to the Jewish Reaction here on Thursday on the Nachum Siegel Network. I want to thank everybody for joining us. I want to wish everybody a great Shabbos. Enjoy yourself. Thanks for listening. Thank you.